This is On the Block with Stricken Bach. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. 93-7 the ticket veteran and Bill Callahan fan club president, Jake Bakovin. I love Billy. Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. This is On the Block with Stricken Bob. Hold up. Happy Monday to everybody out there. This is On the Block with Stricken Buck on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Bachman. He's a longtime NBA vet, Husker Hall of Famer Eric Strickland, and today we are matching. We both thought a blue polo would be very cool, a light blue polo. So uh, we did not uh, coordinate this, but it looks like we have the same shirt on. I guess I got a, a, a frock it on, so maybe a uh, front pocket for those uh, uninformed there. Uh, but uh, no no front pocket for you, Strick. What, what went into that decision today? I told you, man. I'm 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 a light blue kind of guy. I just you know I just flow real nice in some aqua. Yeah, some yeah. Blue, some light blue, Carolina think, blue. It's a clean look for us, but we look we look more like a duo now. We look like we're uh, <laughs> on, you know somebody told us to wear this shirt together. It was meant to be. That's how it works out. Maybe you know it's just telepathy. It's yeah. telepathy. It worked out for us. <laughs> uh, what did uh, did you have fun watching the NCAA tournament? We'll get to the Bryce McGowan stuff here in a second, but what a weekend of action it was. I thought Thursday was much better than Friday, but then, of course, Saturday and Sunday were uh, very entertaining. Man, very entertaining uh, tournament so far. Um, as always, it, it, the March Madness doesn't uh, in any way uh, set it up for a you know the scenarios that come out. You know what I mean? Meaning that it's like there's always going to be some drama. There's like there's always it's seemingly over the last ten years or fifteen years, just it's always been some blockbuster. You know um, where teams that you would expect to move forward get get upset, get clipped, and then you find a Cinderella story that pops out of there. You know, i.e. St. Peter's. You know, it, it's just. It always seems to have its way as of late. You know, you're, you're seeing a lot more uh, lower C teams clipping big teams. And it's, it's just because of the parity. And, you know, we talked about this on the block many times earlier in the season where um, we, we, we come to a conclusion and understanding that the parity of the game, a lot more stars and younger players are leaving early. Um, you've got a lot more kids that are being over, overseen and they're finding them themselves in a North Dakota state, or they're finding themselves in a Murray state, or they're they're finding themselves at a Georgia state, and they got chips on their shoulders, and they're coming out like, shoot, we're just as good as you. You just happen to miss the mark. You know, it's not our fault. <laughs> so um, that's what you're finding, man, in these NCAA tournaments nowadays. It's it's one of those things that it's going to happen from now on for I think quite a while. It's no longer the dominance that. Uh, usually exists at the top levels as it used to be in the past, back probably in my age and before. 
Yeah, it's crazy. I think four uh, double-seeded teams are in the Sweet 16, so that doesn't obviously happen uh, very often. Uh, for the Big Ten, not exactly the best weekend. You had nine teams make the tournament. I thought everybody fought pretty good. I mean, there were certain games that, that didn't look so good in the end. I think Illinois, pretty disappointing uh, with their effort. Um, but I told you that. I told yeah, you that. Yeah, I know. I, I just wanted I, I, to I believe. Just, I, I thought it was going to happen earlier, but it happened right where I thought it was going to happen. I figured they would get by the first game, and I figured they'd get clipped right here. I, I just knew that, like I say, the scouting reports, man, they really hone in at these times. Yeah, you get short. The deeper you go, you get short amount of time in which to prepare because if you don't, you're not familiar with them, you know, you, you, you can't really break down a lot of the tape that has just happened. You kind of get to watch their game before, you know, you get a chance. You don't got You don't have much time to – to prep for what they've done over the course of their seasons. You get a little bit of time, a little bit of tape on them. But at the end of the day, I figured that everybody knew that things was going to go through Kofi Coburn, Cockburn, Coburn. Yeah. And, and, and they did a good job. They had a great scouting report on them and they put together a great plan to be able to, to nullify that. And then they were very fundamental in their defensive scheme and as well as their rebounding, they, they, they put multiple bodies on Kofi didn't allow him to, uh, get into his stuff. They came off off of him. As I stated, I talked to some friends. I told them, look, the scouting report on Kofi would be, I would not go on catch. I would go on, on a couple of dribbles. And you found that they were doing that. They were coming after a couple of dribbles. It was kind of, you know, throwing them off a little bit. And, and, and uh, obviously they came up short. Yeah, so frustrating, and, and for what it's worth, Cabello didn't even play in the second half. Yeah. He's been up and down all year. He, he's he's one of their most talented players, but you know he's he's kind of out of control at, at some point, and, and maybe a little bit of a ball hog or whatever. So um, maybe he gets the Alonzo Verge treatment that we had here at Nebraska, <laughs> uh, where you know he, he can put up stats, but not always necessarily great for the team. So uh, Underwood decided just not to play him. What do you think about that altogether for Illinois? This is a te- this is a program, and I love Brad Underwood, but it hasn't worked out in the tournament so far and that's where the questions are kind of developing around him now is that they probably had their best two teams the last couple of years since that Deron Williams run in 2005 it's been that long since they've made it past you know into the second weekend and it again didn't happen these past two years do you consider that somewhat of a failure or or is the you know tournament play just it's it's kind of random some teams lose but you predicted it I mean so I, I don't know if if it's if it was to be foreseen and you know to the bigger question past Illinois I've, I've heard a lot of see the Big Ten was overrated because a lot of these teams didn't make the the, the, uh, the you know the sweet 16 they weren't really favored to though there was you know there's a few three and four seeds but it wasn't you know Michigan kind of made the surprise run Purdue made there which I guess according to their seeding they should have I guess Wisconsin's according to their seeding they probably should have they didn't Chucky Hepburn got hurt um, so they weren't at full strength there. I just don't know if I come out of this thinking, yeah, the, see, that, that proves the Big Ten was overrated when I don't know how many of us expected a four teams in the Big Ten uh, in, in, in the Sweet 16, even though they had more teams qualified to get in to begin with. Well, again, you, you know, you, you look at Iowa, and I, I thought Iowa being that they came in really hot after winning uh, the Big Ten championship, I thought that, you know, they would make a run. I thought that they had uh, very good diversity as far as their – their team and size. Um, they're very long from top to bottom. Uh, they shoot the ball very well. Um, then you've got Keegan Murray that, that was, was playing very well at, at the time. And so, but, but the way that they played, I just, I just, I was very dumbfounded that, 
they just played with like a lackluster type of feel about them. Uh, they come up short. And, and then um, I actually picked Wisconsin. I mean, I love them. I, I mean, you know, obviously I got to love them because Chucky and I've, I've got yeah. a great relationship with Greg, his dad. Um, but I just figured that I, I didn't think they would get, get deep. And you got to give kudos to Iowa State, man. Iowa State, they are a very good defensive team. And look at the score. The score will tell you everything. I mean, they didn't give out, get out of 50 points. And so they they get after you. They they were they're very reminiscent of what Baylor was to to me last year. That's the way that Iowa State gets after you defensively, and they've done that consistently throughout the year. They're gonna get after you. Um, they're gonna shoot the three. They're gonna live by it, and they're gonna die by it. But you know, obviously at this time they've been living, uh, getting by. But they get get away with it because they also offensive rebound crazy. And they and, and they're like one of the top teams in offensive rebounds from three, so they offense they offensive rebound very long, and um, and they just get after you. Then you look at the other you know the other ones you know Michigan State obviously that was a tough run you know they they played good against Duke they didn't play bad um, you know just ran up against a, a better team at this point uh, yeah you look at Michigan yeah solid I picked Purdue to go deep I picked Purdue to go just just because of the bracket where they're sitting some of the losses that existed out there in the East. And I figured that they would go deep with, with the team that they have Ivy and then their size Oh yeah. and shoot they you know, they've got, they've got, they've got some pieces that can make it happen. Uh, they defend pretty well also. Um, and so, yeah, when you look Indiana, you know, obviously they came in, you know, not really favored to get in, but they came in and, but for the most part, a lot of those teams just from top to bottom, they're solid. But as a whole, they're solid, but none of them have a domineering quality that would tell me that they would be the ones to be favored going into this NCAA tournament. Well, yeah, and, and, and it kind of played out that way in the Big Ten, if you kind of think about it. Purdue was the favorite. They're, they end up being the higher seed. They kind of felt like the best team all along. Didn't win the regular season. That went to Wisconsin and Illinois. The tourney went to Iowa. So now the be- the best, the two teams that are still in it didn't do any of those regular season things. And Michigan was a preseason top five team. So, they're, you know, it was always like, okay, the talent's there, but it's not correlating to the court quite yet. And maybe they're making that run. Maybe they just had... Uh, a few good games too. That could always be the case too. Sometimes I think we we blow up what it means to be in the tournament and make it to the Sweet 16. It's such a special moment, but ultimately for most of these teams, it is just two games. And for a lot of these teams, yeah. you expect to win two games. Um, matchups matter too, man. Oh yeah. Matchups. Oh yeah. You know, you sometimes you can land just a, a bad matchup, and and that you can end up getting clipped. And that's what happens, man. Sometimes it's just a bad match. I remember when when we were playing NCAA tournament, we ended up. Um, I think we matched up against New Mexico State, and it wasn't that they were more more talented than us. They just they were super athletic, and we didn't have much time on them, much time to prep, and they were super athletic, and they were just it was Lob City. It felt like the Clippers back in the day. It was just yeah. Lob City with them, and they were just way way above the rim on everything that was going on. Um, the, they 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 threw some different wrinkles at us that we you know we we we're always prepared for, but. We just we just couldn't handle it, and sometimes it's just a bad matchup. It just doesn't work. Looking back on your NCAA tournament runs, did you ever kind of think that if you played those teams multiple times, that you know you would have would have had a upper hand on them if you had maybe more of a scouting report, or do you kind of sometimes think that it is you know they're they're good teams they were just overlooked because of the conferences they were in? Sometimes, yeah, I think that 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 can be a case. I I, I don't I think if we had a, another shot, at, 
I, I think some of those instances, we just shot the ball bad. We didn't, yeah, we just that can didn't, always happen. We just didn't shoot the ball well yeah. that night. It, it, and if we shoot the ball like we normally do, all the other things considered, we, we'd win that game. But, you know, it's just some of those times we just was a bad shooting night. Yeah, and that certainly happened. I mean, Jabari Smith last night couldn't couldn't find the bottom of the net. Auburn ends up getting bounced. Uh, Creighton couldn't hit any threes there in, in the in the game against in Kansas. Yeah, in I think just half, depth. So. I think it was just depth for I Creighton. Think it was yeah, depth. depth for Creighton. You know, they they had a lot of players out. Man, it's just it's just it's too hard to overcome when you're talking about making runs and deep into the. But they played the game very well. They 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 were in it. They had a chance at it. A uh, couple missed shots here and there. Good stops. Just couldn't put the ball in the bucket yeah. when they needed to. When we'll go over more of this NCAA tournament as it goes on because it's fascinating stuff. I mean, you did Purdue, pick Purdue to go pretty far. They have St. Peter's next that we would, uh, at least according to seeding, give them you know the, the easiest path um, because even in their in the top half of their bracket, they'll face the winner of North Carolina and, and uh, UCLA. So the top two seeds above them are already out before Purdue has to face them. So that's pretty good. It's kind of cool. It's all chalk in the West uh, where it's the one through four seeds playing out there with Gonzaga uh, taking on Arkansas and Texas Tech taking on Duke. Uh, if you look out to the South region, uh, you got Arizona and Houston uh, and then Michigan and Villanova rematch of the championship a few years ago, Kansas and Providence in the Midwest and then Iowa state and Miami, a matchup of two double seeded teams. Um, so that's very entertaining stuff as well. Uh, but let's get to the news of the day. Bryce McGowan's plans to hire an agent and go ahead and move on to the NBA draft. Of course, we'll get uh, maybe at the top of the 5 o'clock hour kind of into what that means for Nebraska and moving forward. Um, but just for Bryce, I know you've been saying it all year long. You're not, you, you think that he's not quite NBA ready. Do you think that this is a, a bold move for him to go ahead and, and not just test the waters, which we all expected, um, but plan on hiring an agent and make it official that he's moving on to the next level? Very bold move. That's what he was planning all himself. He stayed to the plan. The pr the problem for me is, um, and there's there's so many guys that are in in his size in his range and do what he does, and sometimes do it better, especially on the defensive end. So so his size in the NBA is is like the old six three concept where. You know, you're six three, six four. Everybody and their mama is that. Yeah. You know, so you got to be able to do something special. So at the end of the day, for me, unless he has, um, like these a super draft, uh, uh, pre-draft camp, and and see, a lot of people are misconceived by that, right? Because you go into these pre-draft camps, and you think it's just you know just nice and easy. No sir. I mean, there you're running. You're doing all kinds of stuff, all kinds of drills under duress, under stress, under pressure. And it's it's just not you're just sitting there taking jumpers unless he freaking just shoots the clip out of the ball. But he hasn't showed me anything in game that that would prove to me that he's capable of that unless he just goes out of his mind in his pre-draft camp. Um, that's going to be a problem. And um, the thing is, is you're only as good as your last game. He didn't play very well his last game. So they look at that stuff. Um, how did what, what did it mean? Where was it? What was the competition level? What was your body of work during the season? Okay, even during that, what was you, you know what what were you able to do? What was you able to be a spark for winning games? Um, and then the other guys in the NBA as well as the NCAA, they look at what you did. What like Janet Jackson concept? What have you done for me lately? And 
the NBA, I've seen guys get mega contracts by just what they did in playoff series. I mean, I'm Austin oh, yeah. Crozier got got oh, yeah. got a crazy contract for just what he did with the Lakers in that con. And after that, he was who he was, right? Yeah. So that you've got that concept. Then you've got a bunch of guys his size playing in the NCAA tournament right now, and they're balling. Doing exactly who Bryce Bryce McGowan did. So guys are also looking at that. They're looking at oh yeah, let me let me check that out. I pro- I'm, 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 listen, unless he goes nuts, I'm willing to guarantee he goes in the second round. No question. Yeah. And that, that's fascinating to kind of play, you know, kind of see it play out. He's, he's a guy, again, looking at mock drafts that were just done recently and keep in mind, anybody can do a mock draft, but um, so, you know, these aren't necessarily the scouts that I'm talking to here, um, but I look at a, a different mock drafts and, and all of them either have him, you know, somewhere in that like 20 to 35 range. Um, which, like you're kind of saying in the second round, there some people have him as high as as up there in the 20s, but um, you know, it, it 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 I think it might be. We'll see. I mean, I'm sure that's what he's we'll what see. he's hoping for, right? Is that and maybe that's what he's hearing. The other thing is, you know, sometimes we look at it as maybe you know the the business decision to play out um, and what would be best for him. But how much of it do you think does go on to? His dream ultimately was to play in the NBA. And, yeah. you know, he's got a chance to do that now. He's going to get paid for it. Um, you know, if that's the ultimate dream, and I don't say this, you know, to be rude to Nebraska, like if you have an, if, if, you're, if your dream is to play in the NCAA tournament, you might not commit to Nebraska, right? If he, if he, if he had a whole lot of college basketball dreams, he might have made sure that he was going to go to the tournament, you know, commit to a Duke or, you know, Ohio State or whatever, any team that, that's been going to the tournament regularly, Gonzaga, you know, what Hunter Salas did. He took a chance on Nebraska, and we thank him for it. And it was it's an, it was a good ride. But I yeah. think he's more NBA oriented than maybe thinking about college basketball. And he's been he's been pretty transparent about that all along, saying he was going to be yeah. a one and done guy. Yeah, and and I don't fault him. I'm not mad at him about it. I'm, you know, kudos to him. And I do wish him well. Oh yeah, I'm hoping he does get you know get drafted at a, at a high. I also just know and understand that guys like him, i.e., Joe Forte who had a more perennial season and, um, you know, career in the ACC than Bryce did Mm -hmm. uh, in his short stint at Nebraska. And he was out in four, you know, so you can, you can get lost and you can get out there um, unless you, unless he hones in in those areas that we talked about consistency of shooting, playing defense, and because he's not going to go to a team where he's going to be able to be, if you can't do anything other than that, at that point, I would say Trey would have a better chance than Bryce. Yeah, because that that is the problem with him is he doesn't have like he's not he's going to be a lockdown defender or he's going to be a great passer. Yeah. His his yeah. value is scoring, and it's it's not. Um, so what is he going to add when he's not the number one option? He's the number one option for Nebraska, and that means that he was number one on the scouting report. So it's not, it's not always favorable to yeah. him to be the number one option, but um, he's not going to be expected to do that at, at in the NBA level. So you know what's he going to do, or is he going to be? Like a Delano Banton type of guy. Now it's different, but just kind of do everything. You know, he's got a different body for it. Delano's probably better suited for you know what he's got going there. But um, just kind of you know throwing five points here and three rebounds and one assist and two steals. But uh, he just hasn't been that stat stuffer so far. The key for me is going to be what's going to happen when frustration sets in when it doesn't happen the way that you expect it to happen. Yeah. What type of what type of guy are you at that point? Because you're going to get there 
And what happens if you're sitting on the bench and what happens if they ship, ship you down to the G League? How are you mentally going to handle that? Are you going to take the approach? I mean, similar to when I got sent back down to the CBA, for me, it was, I'm not, I'm, I'm not meant for here. Let me use this as an opportunity, hone some areas of my skill, get better, and then boom, come back. And it was, I was fortunate for that to happen. But I took it from a standpoint of, yeah, cool. Let's go get some minutes on this court and let's go put it at work. So that's that's the difference. You know what I mean? Is he going to be OK with playing in the G League? Some people might. He might be OK with that. Yeah. You know, you you know, he could be a two way player. Yes, he'll have his uh, NBA contract. Possibly he may in the second round. You're not guaranteed anything. So you may make a couple hundred grand, you know, 300 grand. I think the minimum is now. You may make that and you may be okay with playing in the G League for a few years, get stronger, work on areas of your game, and then come back. That yeah. may be okay for him. And do you think that there's something to that too, the value of, you know, we kind of think an iron sharpens iron. Do you think more kids are going to look at the G League possibility? Because, I mean, ultimately what anybody is drafting him in is for upside. So if you're looking at his potential, you're looking at his upside, do you think it's better to play with a bunch of guys at, at the college level where very few of them will move on to the pros um, but you know, he can, he can develop his game and be the man there or go to the G league where he's not necessarily the man. He's just one of many, but the talent level's a little bit higher. Uh, I think there, there might be some value and we're seeing a lot of guys choose to go to the G league ignite or the G league in general, um, to try to improve their game there. Yeah. And, and, and I don't, I don't think it's, there's, there's a lack of value in that. I think there is some tremendous value in that. I, I also think that a lot of people are okay with taking that route. I think if his goal was to really put himself in a position for longevity and to have those opportunities to shine, then you, you, you shape that narrative where you were at because you had, you, you had a story you could shape um, for where you were, you know, where you were at Nebraska, you could have changed the whole dynamic of the program. And then everybody in their mama's looking at you like, look what he just did for this team, you know? Yeah. So that, that could be a difference of, of, of a story. I look at it. I look at those as opportunities for me. That's why I went to Nebraska. I wanted to basically go to Nebraska for um, uh, to take a program and do something that it hadn't done. And we, I think, we accomplished that. We won yeah. a Big Eight tournament championship. We won a national championship. You know, yes, it wasn't an NCAA game. I came up, you know, short as far as my career in winning one, one or two games in the NCAA tournament. But at the end of the day we still accomplished goals that I envisioned for myself and uh, then ultimately was be able to transition to the NBA. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. We'll, uh, we'll get back to this. Of course, again, it's the news of the day. So we're, we're going to talk about, it. I think I've talked it already for an hour and a half, but there's a lot of different angles to take on it. We'll talk a little bit about it with Steve simple of the Lincoln journal star and of course of early break right here on 93, seven, the ticket, Steve simple, the Lincoln journal star coming up next year on the blog.